This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio. Good afternoon and welcome. Yesterday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau unveiled the expanded and shuffled cabinet he will fight the next election with. He added five ministers and in all 11 changed jobs. And there are now also a total of 11 ministers from the greater Toronto and Hamilton area. Of course, that's good news for those of us in this area. But it is a huge battleground. It was key in delivering majorities to Trudeau. Stephen Harper before him and most recently to Doug Ford. CARP, a new vision of aging, is crowing about the addition of a seniors minister. She is Philomena Tassie, and former Toronto Police Chief Bill Blair was elevated to Minister of Border Security and Fighting Organized Crime. Now, the Liberals have obviously recognized that the issue of asylum seekers crossing into Canada is getting thornier, and it's a major issue for the new PC government here in Ontario. But here's the thing. Doug Ford and Bill Blair have bad history. Remember their feud over the police investigation of Rob Ford when he was mayor? It ended up making Doug Ford apologize to Blair publicly. Have a listen to these clips from 2014. On August the 5th, 2014, Councillor Doug Ford spoke to the press and made a number of false and slanderous statements which attacked my professional reputation and my personal integrity. In response, I issued a statement stating that Doug Ford was lying and that I was prepared to take legal action. I want to make a public apology to the chief for any comments the chief feels have impugned his reputation. Well, to unpack whether bygones will be bygones and whether these moves altogether will ensure another Liberal mandate. Let's go to Ashton Arsenault, a consultant with Crestview Strategy, Robin Sears of Earnscliff Strategy, and Michael Diamond of Upstream Strategy. Welcome to our strategist. Hi, guys. Good morning. Hey, Libby. Okay. Uh, Robin, you're in Ottawa, so let's start with you. Well, I think that uh, my uh, my feeling that was going through well, what was going through the prime minister's mind when he was uh, swearing everybody in uh, yesterday and getting all kinds of questions about why there are new tough guys being named to various roles is, well, you know, I think we now have a number of premiers who are not devote, devoted to peace, love, and harmony in the federation any longer, and I needed to bring some cops to the table. <laughs> I think that both uh, Rodriguez and uh, Dominic LeBlanc and Bill Blair all fill the role of being uh, rather tougher and more seasoned uh, players than uh, uh, than some of their predecessors and their colleagues. And I would just say about the, the spat between uh, Doug and, and Bill Blair, um, I don't think either chap will allow that history to affect uh, their discussions and uh, 
relations with each other. I, I mean, I, it's fun to uh, to dredge up that history, but I think each has gone out of their way to make it clear they'll work with the other already. So not expecting many sparks on that front. Okay, and Ashton, you are also in Ottawa, and I guess, Robin, you are right. It is kind of fun to bring that up, but, uh, you know, okay. Uh, Ashton, what's your take on the shuffle? Yeah, look, it's certainly fun to bring it up, but uh, in all honesty, Bill Blair probably should have been in cabinet since the first day of the government. Um, He's experienced, he's collected, uh, and he's been a proven performer in high-pressure roles in the past. Um, just on the shuffle overall, you know, I'm not sure it's a good sign for the government when the prime minister uh, actually gives himself a demotion. Um, <laughs> so to jump on to what Robin was saying, yeah, he has fortified the cabinet with a couple of tough guys. And he decided, uh, the prime minister, that is, he decided that he was going to give Dominic LeBlanc uh, the intergovernmental affairs portfolio, which, uh, quite frankly, has probably never been more important um, we've got elections coming up in Quebec. We've got elections coming up in New Brunswick and PEI. And frankly, uh, the prime minister and the rest of his cabinet could be looking at more blue flags across the country than red flags. And he needed somebody that could sit around a negotiating table uh, and deal tough with premiers that might not share uh, their political preferences. Well, uh, as I bring in Michael Diamond, uh, who is uh, fairly fresh off the Doug Ford campaign, as we speak, there's a meeting underway, and and Doug Ford and uh, Premier Mo uh, have almost hijacked the agenda, and they've made it all about this carbon tax. Well, and you know, we saw liberal premiers in advance, uh, Wade McLaughlin uh, specifically, uh, as government in advance of the conference, also uh, uh, start talking about uh, they're un uh, they're they're not comfortable with. The- the uh, federal uh, plans for, for a carbon tax. So uh, it, it's not a surprise that this uh, became a, the overarching issue of the early stages of uh, uh, the meeting. And uh, I think, you know, that, that Doug Ford's going to have a lot of allies around that table. Uh-huh. And uh, in general, Michael, uh, this cabinet shuffle uh Amid uh, the majority victory of Doug Ford, uh, how do you think things are going to shape up? Look, I think there's some uh, very good points for people from across Canada. Jim Carr uh, moving into uh, trade is very important. He's been a strong performer. He also has a background in Manitoba. Uh, He represents a seat in Winnipeg. and uh, He used to be a liberal member of the Legislative Assembly in Manitoba and then went on to uh, be the uh, head of the Business Council of Manitoba. And he worked with premiers of both uh, progressive conservative and NDP stripes in that position. So he's he's a guy who will be able to work across the country with premiers uh, to uh, to get Canada's uh, uh, trade agenda move, moving forward in the right direction. I, I certainly hope. Uh, Bill Blair's position. I think Bill Blair should be in cabinet, and uh, not a liberal, but this is uh, a sensible move. But the new position, really, uh, I don't frankly understand. We have a minister of public safety. I don't know uh, what this. Uh, it seems like a duplication to me. Oh no, I don't agree at all, Michael. I, I think you're forgetting part of Bill's history. Um, as police chief, uh, he had very deep relationships with the security and intelligence community across the country. They sat together in planning to deal with border issues and terrorism issues at a very operational level. Um, he brings a lens to that file that Ralph Goodale just can't because he doesn't so, have that experience. Don't disagree. Mr. Goodale should have been moved out to make room for uh, Bill Blair to actually be a minister of that important portfolio. Uh, no, because there are many different functions to public safety than just that. No, I think it was a very wise decision. I think it will actually produce some operational changes at the city and the asylum and management level that the the government desperately needs to do. Uh, 
the other part of this, so so we've seen this issue of uh, migrants crossing at irregular crossings. Some people call them illegal crossings. Uh, it's becoming a bigger and bigger issue. Uh, Ontario has now said, hey, we're not paying for this. So how much of the appointment of Bill Blair is to somehow deal with that? Well, most of it, I think. Yeah. And and what do you think he will bring that is different from others in the Trudeau government, notably Ahmed Hussein? Well, I have a lot of time for former Chief Blair, and particularly in this kind of role. I mean, it was under his leadership, partly just by virtue of timing, but, but also because of who he is, that he dramatically expanded the intelligence and organized crime and uh, border crossing uh, capabilities of the Toronto force and their work with other forces at every level of government. It's a problem for a minister like uh, Goodale or Ahmed Hussein to, to know whether they're being gamed by people in the security services and the police forces because they don't know the operational front line as well as somebody who's been there. So I think he's going to be the one who will say, well, that's not good enough, kids. Back to the drawing table. I want a report next week that deals with these five issues. Okay. Uh, I want to give the numbers out again, hear from our listeners uh, what they think. You know, frankly, uh, I usually hear from people who are against the Trudeau government. So I'm curious, does this shuffle make you a little more confident in it? Does it change your mind in any way? And of course, for liberal supporters, do you think this is the winning team? 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And Ashton, another aspect of this appointment of Bill Blair, are there going to be, I would think there are going to be more border problems once cannabis becomes legal in Canada? I think you'll certainly see an uptick in problems around the border once it becomes illegal, uh, sorry, legal on October 17th. But uh, I actually think it's uh, it was smart uh, of the prime minister to appoint Bill Blair to this particular position um, because I think they view it as the political problem that it is. And with Bill Blair, um, it at the very least offers a new communications perspective, uh, a communications perspective that hopefully will be quite a bit different uh, than us versus them, which is essentially what the federal government is doing at this point. And I think they've sort of uh, read the tea leaves and realized that a good chunk of Canadians aren't exactly comfortable with asylum seekers freely walking over the border. Okay, yeah, well, that's the one thing. But but now uh, we've been hearing that anybody who admits to ever having smoked cannabis could be barred from the United States. And yeah, it's look, legal here. Be, yeah, there's going to be, be some, legal here. Yeah, uh, yeah. And that's tough. And there's going to be some item, items to iron out here. And I think anybody in the federal government, if you ask them point blank, maybe in a closed room, they would tell you that uh, there's a couple of sticky items that uh, remain unresolved. And our American counterparts, especially under the current administration, uh, may not be willing uh, to cede uh, any ground, uh, just given the acrimony that's uh, sort of befell us in the last year and a half. But uh, that's that's going to be a tough one for them to iron out because it's, I mean, it's sovereign jurisdiction. They're entitled to do what they will. It's a very uh, tricky dilemma, Libby. I, I was told by an American friend who works in their border security agency that, uh, indeed, their officers have been encouraged to ask about the drug experience of Canadians. So yeah. there were my wife and I driving to Vermont last weekend to visit some friends, and I told my wife as we were approaching the border, you must not say you have ever smoked marijuana. <laughs> and she looked at me and said, so a boomer-aged person is going to look a 30-year-old border security agent and lie convincingly about this? 
uh, it was a tense moment. Well, uh, just last week, uh, I heard the immigration minister, Ahmed Hussein, saying, don't lie. Yeah, do lie. Do, <laughs> do miss lying <laughs> We're not asking you, Robin. We're, we're not asking you, but I, I think this is going to be huge. Let's not forget in the shuffle two other phenomena that I yeah. think are of, of significance. One is having a real enforcer back in an important role in Quebec, in Rodriguez. I mean, yeah, he's in charge of heritage, which is not, you know, um, a security portfolio by any stretch, but he was the chair of the Trudeau campaign in Quebec. He has a long history there, and his job will be dealing with, A, the problem of the Tories' uh, resurgence uh, at one level, and B, probably the election of a CAC uh, conservative government. The other one that worries me or puzzled me if I were a liberal is why they didn't pay more attention to B.C., uh, where I think they're in real trouble. Um, I would have thought that a more serious and high-level announcement involving a B.C. minister would have been a good idea. That was the only bit that kind of puzzled me, I confess. Okay, let's get to Quebec because, you know, it's been kind of quiet. We're here in Ontario. People don't pay too much attention. And uh, it's obviously a a very different place. I come from there, but uh, Melanie Jolie was demoted. And this whole issue about Netflix uh, making investments in CanCon, but not specifically saying that they would uh, make French language, uh, uh, French language shows. I mean, this is a big issue in Quebec. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, uh, my two uh, guests who are veterans of Tory governments of that era will remember that when Mr. Harper did something apparently trivial, like cutting $40 million from cultural funding in Quebec, it probably cost them several seats. It's an enormously sensitive uh, issue to Quebecers. And again, I just don't think Jolie was seen to have the credibility that someone like Rodriguez does, even though he's not a native-born Quebecer. He's got a long history in, in Quebec and and very, very experienced political hand. And Libby, if we're being perfectly frank, um, Melanie Jolie, it should come as no surprise, was yesterday's biggest loser. Um, she horribly bungled the Creative Canada rollout, which Robin referred to, uh, and as a consequence, somewhat punished her own party and its electoral fortunes in Quebec. Uh, and for that, she has paid a price. And when you, what we were talking about earlier is the fortification that we've seen both in the GTA and also in the Quebec areas. And it's very clear that the federal Liberal Party views both of those areas as obviously uh, the key to their success in 2019, but also the cause for concern right now. Because, again, as Robin has pointed out, um, uh, they're in a difficult spot in Quebec, and it, you can do something trivial, trivial and think it's trivial, but it plays a little bit differently there on the ground. Well, exactly. I mean, it sounds trivial to us here, but it's not trivial there. They're, they have a very vibrant cultural scene, and they take it extremely seriously. Well, and, and, and Go ahead, yes. The, the Prime Minister had an opportunity yesterday to also bring in another new minister from Quebec by shuffling uh, Minister Jolie out altogether, and he wasn't reluctant to do that in his first uh, uh, shuffle uh, when he removed Marianne Mahaychuk as Minister of Employment and Labor. So I, I'm, I am surprised. I think this would have been a great opportunity for him to bring in Minister Rodriguez yesterday, but also another up-and-coming uh, member uh, in Quebec into the Cabinet and uh, really have a full reset in the region. I think okay. that's a very good point. And, and I, I think the other thing that we'll have to watch with some care is what the Quebec reaction is to this, because my guess is, and having struggled with the Quebec file for many years when I was in harness politically, 
you gift something and then the ante gets raised the next day for a new thing. And I would expect that the government of Quebec is likely to make demands of the new minister uh, that are greater than the ones they made of Jolie for exactly that reason. Uh, now, it's, it's interesting. I think it's pretty clear that uh, the rather long honeymoon that this government enjoyed is over. Are they in trouble, though, in terms of re-election? Who wants to take that? Well, I'm old enough to remember 1972, Libby, so I can say that this, uh, the test that I think one should apply if you care about the precedence of history is, is this the summer of 1971 when Pierre Trudeau was at his arrogant and dismissive best and almost got defeated by 1,200 votes only a year later in 72? Or is it something where the son has learned the lessons that the old man didn't initially and he's going to recover? I would give him points on this shuffle as proof that he's learned something. Michael, do you agree? Look, I think there's. I, I think yes, absolutely. Uh, that he's clearly learned something, especially with Minister Jolie, where there seemed to be reluctance to deal with her previously. Uh, there's so many factors at play, uh, you know, uh, for Trudeau's prospects. Andrew Shears doing what he needs to do. Jagmeet Singh uh, is not catching on, uh, and and that might be enough to uh, to uh, help protect the Liberals' uh, chances uh, come next October. But uh, overall, I mean, this is a government that does seem to be in panic, and they might just be benefiting from uh, the uh, third party's uh, inability to gain serious traction. Okay, I, I, so speaking of Andrew Scheer, uh, he, you know, has a pretty bland image. How is he doing? I think right now Andrew Scheer is doing exactly what he needs to do. Um, he's becoming a much better communicator. Uh, my main concern right now with uh, the uh, Andrew Scheer team is that uh, they have a horribly inept uh, ally, and I use that facetiously, um, in Jagmeet Singh. Um, he is underperforming. Uh, they are under fundraising. They are under siege in every jurisdiction that should be in play for them. And if you look at the electoral map, it is a bit difficult for the blue team to get over the edge if the orange team is not at least punching to its weight. Okay, I'm going to give the numbers out again, and uh, callers, just be a little patient. I will get to you. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And uh, our impatient callers are saying, uh, shouldn't Trudeau be building some kind of bridge with Trump? We haven't talked about trade yet, guys. Well, again, as I, I said, uh, Jim Carr is going to be, I think, a very strong minister of trade, and we can all breathe a sigh of relief that the relief that he's there. Uh, he'll work. Uh, he'll he'll work well and collaboratively with everyone. Anyone. He has a great background in that, so we are lucky. But yeah, yes. I mean, the the balance with the United States is quite tricky for uh, Trudeau politically. Obviously, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Trump not popular here. Definitely not popular <laughs> with members of uh, Justin Trudeau's party or the folks that he got out to vote for him uh, in 2015, who may have been a bit of a surprise. Electorate uh, that time, so a uh, very delicate balance between uh, not seeing to be uh, you know he doesn't want to allow anyone to turn Donald Trump into his running mate, but at the same time he uh, he does need to protect our trade relationships with a man who's proven to be somewhat thin-skinned. Uh, I think, it, let's be let's be clear. Uh, Carr is not going to supplant Christian Freeland as the head of the Canada U.S. Uh, trade team in this government. She is still going to carry that file. The point of Carr's appointment, according to the insiders, was that this was 
at the expense, this focus on the U.S. was at the expense of them being able to do anything useful in international trade more broadly. Champagne was a, a nice minister, but a nice man, but not of great consequence. And I think, as has been said, Carr is a man of considerable consequence, but I think his focus is going to be on Europe and Asia rather than the U.S., and where, and where Mr. Trump is concerned, what, what else could one possibly do? I mean, as critical as I can be of the Trudeau government on many fronts, on the relationship with the Americans front, having people like Ronna Ambrose and Brian Mulroney and Jerry Diaz from the labor movement all advising them and giving them the best counsel they can, um, you know, with the best will in the world, you can't deal with a crazy person as a negotiating partner. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, that's one way of, of putting it. I mean, is is the perception still that Christian Freeland is doing a good job there? I think well, you'd have to. I, th- I think you'd have to walk away with the fact that uh, yes, yeah, she is doing a, a good job there. Um, she's you know unendingly stoic on the international stage. Uh, she's trusted uh, on both sides of the border. But let's be honest, she's got probably the toughest job in the world right now. Uh, And I think Robin was 100 percent correct when he said Minister Carr, uh, you know, steady hand at the tiller, uh, imminently respectable, uh, will be uh, shipped off to other markets. And Christia Freeland's domain will be the United States almost exclusively. Well, yeah, the only thing is that I can remember back as far back, maybe even 15, 20 years when we were talking about, yes, we have to diversify and get more trade relationships elsewhere. and, And look where we are today. Not much further than that. Yeah, well, we can we can thank Mr. Trump, though, for the fact that I think a lot of Canadian corporations, a number of our clients, are now seriously thinking about alternatives to the United States. I mean, you, you would be rather a foolish CEO if you had a big 80-20 split between your exports uh, to the U.S., which many Canadian companies do, versus everywhere else, not to say, hmm, I think we better do some more work in France and Japan or wherever. Well, businesses create stability, and uh, Donald Trump brags about being uh, unpredictable, and that leads to great instability. Okay, uh, so uh, we are uh, just about out of time on this one. Let's uh, go around and uh, see what you want to leave us with, starting with Ashton. Uh, I would look forward uh, to let's say September before the election next year uh, and do a refresh of events. Uh, where's NAFTA at? Are there any shovels in the ground on TMX? I, I doubt there will be. Um, has the government managed to stay out of scandal between now and then? Uh, those are things that will probably uh, determine the next election and, of course, the economy at writ large. Um, I'd also finally look at whether or not the NDP uh, can pull up its bootstraps a little bit, uh, get their fundraising game back in order, and field a good slate of candidates, because right now, uh, again, uh, they're quite dilapidated, and if they remain this way, um, Team Red might just find their way uh, back into PMO. Okay, Michael. Uh, look, I think uh, the signs from yesterday are that uh, the focus of uh, the true to re-election strategy will be a Team Canada approach uh, on, on trade issues, that they are now concerned about the border, which is refreshing. It's something that they didn't seem to uh, think uh, publicly was a, a problem before. And also infrastructure. Infrastructure is going to be a central key, and that's why they shifted off Minister Sohi, because although he was a very competent minister, uh, not a strong political communicator. So I think those are going to be some themes to watch over the next year. Okay, and Robin. 
I think my summer project for uh, Andrew Shear would be to have a series of friends try and remonstrate with the former prime minister to encourage him to go back in the closet for the next year. <laughs> uh, it uh, has not been very helpful for uh, the leader of the opposition to have a uh, cover like McLean's has this week saying, Mr. Harper is so hot. It's not helpful if you're trying to establish yourself as the leader that came after. That's a, that's a very interesting point. Yes, we've seen a lot of Stephen Harper lady, lately, and, uh, you know, he doesn't look bad. Where was the media saying that for the uh, previous nine years? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. That's all the time we have for this. Thank you so much to Robin Steer- Sears, Ashton Arsenault, and Michael Diamond. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks Levy. Okay, bye-bye. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.